side for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Now, I'm going to touch on the New Zealand Warriors, who, of course, went down to the Penrith Panthers on the weekend, 30-16. to 16. Uh, Disappointing loss to the New Zealand Warriors, probably one that they probably needed to bank realistically. Uh, I'm still not ruling them out of finals contention, but every week that I say this, it gets a little bit harder. There's no doubt about it. And look, this week was going to be a big week for the New Zealand Warriors, obviously playing the Panthers. Um, they were really up for this game. They had Tohu Harris returning, which was absolutely massive. Uh, the Penrith Panthers obviously still missing their halves, who are key to everything they do. We know that the Penrith Panthers, they are a different football team when they've got Nathan Cleary and Jerome Lewis on the field. They're a different football team when they've got one of these two guys on the field. When they're missing both, it's a very different prospect. And I think you saw, even for New South Wales the other night, I mean, with all the Ferraris, all the gun forward pack, everything, you take the, these two out of it, and it's a completely different footy side. So if a representative team is being affected like that, you can imagine how much of a toll it's taken on the Panthers. No doubt about it. But... This Penrith Panthers team, they are still a bloody good side, yeah? No doubt about it. And the New Zealand Warriors, they knew how big this game was for them. Potentially brought Tohu Harris back a little bit early to have him into this contest. They knew how important it was going to be to have him. And I probably would have done the same thing, to be honest with you. Every week now, the Warriors, they're playing for their season. And look, when they showed up in this game... I thought they were unreal. They started really well. Um, Obviously, the Panthers scored in the first minute of a charge down. Now... Chad Townsend kicking deep out of his own end. Big Villiami kickout gets down for a charge down. Regathers the ball, scores untouched. Now, you couldn't really have a more unlucky or a worse way to start a game for the New Zealand Warriors. Yeah, a very tough pill to swallow, especially when you're coming up against a good side. You straight away feel like, fuck, not my day. Yeah, this is not going to be our day. When something goes that wrong that early, it can really put a dagger through a lot of sides. And let's be perfectly honest here, the New Zealand Warriors for the vast majority of their existence, if that happened to them in the first set or the first minute, it's normally Red Rover, yeah? I thought they did really well to pull themselves back out of the hole that they got in early, which was really tough. Now... That, that, that trial was obviously scored. You had Vili Kikikau celebrating. You had his, his mates coming up to him, jumping over him, celebrating. Smiles all round. All of a sudden, the Warriors are back behind their sticks where they've spent a bit of time recently coming off some tough losses, obviously, to the Dragons. They completely, completely and utterly shit the bed there the other week. That would have been hard as all hell for them. They then lost to the Cronulla Sharks as well. Another game they probably should have won realistically. Now they're standing behind the sticks. You know, still with Chanel Harris-Tavita out, they've got a couple of guys back. But, I mean, it's pretty grim times for the Warriors at that point when something goes against you that quickly. I always say it's like in sport. Like, everyone's got a game plan. Everyone knows what they want to do until you run out in the field and you get punched in the face. And, good God, didn't the Warriors get punched in the face early? A try in the first minute of a charge down that sits up perfectly. You don't see it all that often. I think I've seen two this year, Kikau and, and Tariq Sims, realistically. You don't see this happen all that often. I'd love to know the last time a team scored in the first minute off a play like this. Very rare, and, you know, it must have just felt like the world was caving in on the Warriors. They pulled themselves together, though, and they got back into this contest. And the next try was scored by Wade Egan. Uh, he put Matty Lodge through a hole, then he backed up. Matt Lodge has an unbelievable game, but we'll touch on him later. He 
ran a brilliant hole on this play, and it's a sort of try you don't really see the Penrith Panthers concede too much. They don't concede too many points up the guts through the middle of them. So a fantastic try there for the Warriors. And by this point, it's 6-4. 6-4 to the New Zealand Warriors, who have let the Penrith Panthers start in an unbelievable fashion. They're back in this contest already. Early days, only 10 minutes into this game. There's a long way to go. And then absolute tragedy strikes. You see Tohu Harris, he lands really awkwardly. You see him sort of, it looked to me like he was done on the first contact. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Liam Martin that tackled him out on the right edge for the Warriors. He landed really awkwardly. Might have been you and Aiken actually. Landed really awkwardly regardless. And you could tell how much discomfort Tohu Harris was in. He battled through it being the true warrior he is. We've spoken about Tohu Harris over the last few weeks, how he's just, he's Simon Mannering reincarnated and both just epitomize the name Warriors. Um, and this guy, he battled through. They kicked down. Brian Toho takes a hit up. He goes straight at Toho, goes over the top of him, injured. It looks like it's going to be an ACL. So all of a sudden, they lose Tohu Harris, which then brings your interchange down to one. Against the Penrith Panthers, you're really... You really can't afford to be doing that realistically as it is. Made life very difficult. Caught a reshuffle. Thankfully, they still had a Josh Curran on their side, so that helped their cause. But absolute, uh, just a nightmare for the Warriors who have waited so long to get their skipper back last few weeks. He comes back and he's straight back out, and I think they probably knew at that point it was an ACL. Um, So devastating for them. And then... Five minutes later, only five minutes later, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck goes down, makes a big tackle on Matty Burton, dislodges the ball, and hits the ground, and he is out cold. And, yeah, I know he went off for a HIA test, but I don't think there was anyone, I was going to say in that stadium, but not many people in that stadium, I don't think there was anyone watching that game of football that thought maybe Roger will come back. He was done and dusted as soon as he went down. All of a sudden, you've got Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. He comes off, and you've got Tohu Harris. Dare I say... Are these not their two best players? I mean, would anybody push back on me saying they lost their two best players early? Now, that was in the 14th minute, both of those guys gone. We then got to the 16th minute, and Wade Egan, he also exits the game. He will not return. By this point, they have got their starting 5'8", their starting hooker, and their best forward gone from this game, Red Rover. Somehow... This team got better for a little while there. Rocco Berry scored a brilliant try. Great pass from Reese Walsh, who really stepped up in this game. He is playing so far above his age, it is not even funny. It forced Cody Nikarima to jump into hooker, a position that he's played a lot of before, and he was doing really well. That was fine. But it forced Reese Walsh to really take control of this side. I thought he did a tremendous job. He put Rocco Berry over. And all of a sudden, you looked up, and these Warriors were leading 10-4. 10-4 in this game after conceding... A charge down try in the first minute, losing Roger Tuovasashek, losing Tohu Harris, losing Wade Egan. I mean, can we have a look at some other teams in the competition when you take two of their spine players out? They completely capitulate. Everyone capitulates when you take key spine players out unless your name is the Melbourne Storm, essentially. You look at the Penrith Panthers really struggling with it without two of their key spine men. This team, the Warriors, they really held it together. I was so impressed by them in this game. And they held, they led 10-4 all the way until about the 30th minute. Brian Toto scores a good try there. And it just and in this time as well, you've got to remember, you had um you had Josh Curran who came on. He scored a try, got caught forward. It was probably the right call, to be fair. But another just devastating blow for them. And then the Penrith Panthers, they started to go to another gear. They started to roll into it. We went in at halftime. Still a reasonably close match at halftime, realistically. Uh, I believe the Penrith Panthers are up by two or four points, thereabouts. Um, I mean, I I think the Warriors 
have just turned into this machine of resiliency. I, I've been so impressed by them. This is the sort of game that I never thought the Warriors would hang in the contest of, to be honest with you. And yes, look, they lost by 14 points. Uh, you know, it is a 13-plus loss, but far out. Considering the charge down in the opening minute, the amount of injuries they had, fucking Matt Lodge had to play 80 minutes. Matt Lodge had to play 80 minutes. Just just think about how difficult that must be for Matty Lodge. He's never played 80 minutes before. Never, ever. It was also, you know, a sunny afternoon. It was tough for him. It would have been absolutely brutal. Adam Fanua Blake, he was massive as well. He played 76 minutes. Just let me take you through some of these stats. Adam Fanua Blake... He played 76 minutes. He had 27 runs for 257 metres, 123 post-contact. He had five tackle breaks as well, and then he had 32 tackles. Matty Lodge, who was massive as well, and of course set up that first try for Wade Egan with a brilliant run and then a brilliant offload back to him. Matty Lodge played the entire 80 minutes. He had a try assist, obviously, as we've mentioned. He had 19 runs for 140 metres, 40 post-contact, 10 tackle breaks. 10 tackle breaks for Matt Lodge playing on a Sunday afternoon for 80 minutes. Unbelievable. Such a good effort from Matty Lodge. On top of that, another 27-odd tackles. Seven offloads, though. That's what really stood out for me. Seven offloads for Matt Lodge. When he was absolutely exhausted, when he was in those contests, he was able just to find that little bit extra in every single one of those contests just to get his team an advantage. Do you think about that? Seven offloads. I mean... Matt Lodge had 19 hit-ups. That's more than one every third hit-up. He managed to wrestle himself free and create some second-phase footy for guys like Reese Walsh, Cody Nicarima. I thought these two front rowers, they were outstanding. They were so impressive in this game. To lose the guys they did and for them still to be able to put up this sort of a contest, I thought it was amazing. I thought Jazz Tavega was unreal as well. His stats are great. He had 16 hit-ups. He made 48 tackles as well with four offloads himself. So we know what Jazz is capable of doing. I mean, if you said to me, hey, there's going to be three or four Warriors that are going to get injured in this game, I would have put my house on one and it would be Jazz. He just powered through. He just kept going. An incredible performance in the New Zealand Warriors. I know they've been disappointing the last few weeks. I get that. I understand that. I understand it's frustrating for Warriors fans. I had a heap of them message me last night saying, can you stop giving them credit when they lose? It's absolute bullshit. I'm sick of losing. And you know what? I understand that attitude. I get it completely. You want to be a winning team. You've got a squad that should be able to win. This is why I've been talking about you so fucking much because I love the squad that the New Zealand Warriors have put together. I love the fact they've got Sean Johnson arriving next year. I think it really is an unreal side. But my God, you've got to appreciate what these guys have been through over the last 18 months. It has just been unbelievable. I can't believe how much these guys have been through and how they just keep showing up. They've had so many opportunities to throw the towel in, in my opinion. They've had so many times where things have gone wrong where I, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of men would have gone, fuck it, I'm done. I'm done. We're just keeping this competition alive. You know, there's all these dominant teams that are having great injury runs that aren't living away from home, that aren't missing their family, and they just keep pushing. I mean, you've got to remember as well, this New Zealand Warriors side, like, let's have a look at their team right now. So if you go through their side that I'm looking at, you've got Reese Walsh at fullback, you've got Dallin, you've got Aitken, you've got Chad Townsend, you've got Adam Fanua Blake, you've got Matt Lodge, you've got Bailey Sirenen. Now, out of their starting 13 from yesterday, that's seven guys that were not there last year. Now, you've got to remember their preseason was split in two. They essentially had all their Australian players training in Kiama for the first half of their preseason and the other guys in New Zealand. In no other team really had to deal with that. Let's be honest here. 
yes, they came together after that, and yes, we had the uh, we had the other NRL team saying we're not going to train properly with doing ball work until the Warriors all get together. But let's be honest here: you're building combinations, you're creating friendships, you're creating a bond through preseason that a lot of these Warriors didn't get to have. Seven of their starting thirteen weren't all together. You know, they weren't there last year. They haven't played football together until this year. You then look at that Reese Walsh. He arrived halfway through this year as a teenager that a team coming last said, nah, we don't think he's ready. We don't think he's up to it. They've put Reese Walsh into this side. He's done incredibly well. DWZ, unwanted by Canterbury. Ridiculous. They've grabbed him. He's playing great footy there. He's another guy. He ran for 170 metres yesterday, like he always does. 20 hit-ups, seven tackle breaks. So I'm a big fan of Dallin. He's a guy that I'll probably bring into my supercoach side, to be honest with you. I love the way he goes about his footy. I just think we need to appreciate the delicate and unbelievable situation the Warriors have been for the last 18 months. Remember, halfway through COVID last year, or, or but sorry, just, just at the start of COVID, they decided we need a new coach. So they went in a completely new direction once again, which I'm sorry, I, I don't think it was a bad call. They've also brought in Nathan Brown, who has been well-known for being a bit of a rebuilder. Now, as I heard, I think it was Brett Finch say the other day, the key to a rebuild is you don't call it a rebuild. And I think that's what the Warriors have done really well. They've changed their roster around like crazy, and they've really come out on top with a really good side. They might not be winning games right now, but, God, they're laying a platform where they can be really successful in the future. On top of that, they lost Roger Tuovasa-Shek a few months ago. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be? He is... He is the Warriors. He has been the Warriors for so long. And there was an option for them to kick stones and get upset or deal with it, try and win this competition this year and build the best team they can moving forward. They've blooded guys like Reese Rolsch, Rocco Berry. Like, they've found these kids that are doing unreal things. I've been so impressed with the Warriors, and I understand Warriors fans, You like, we're not in the credits business. You're in the wins business. You want to be winning games. I understand that. And personally, as a guy that thinks the Warriors have so much potential and a guy that myself, I, I bet on them to make the top eight. I, I've had a pretty good wager on them to make the top eight myself. And to lose these games closely, and because of injury, and because of little brain explosions in little moments, it is incredibly disappointing. I understand that. But, God, you've got to appreciate what the Warriors have done over the last 18 months, in my opinion. I think so many football teams before them and just about every Warriors team that I've seen before them would have folded. I think the mindset that they've got at the moment, the resilience that they've shown over the last 18 months has been incredible. I've got so much respect for the Warriors and I hope for the fans, all their efforts, all their efforts start to turn into wins soon because they deserve better. They're not playing poorly. They're just missing key moments. There is just key moments in games of football they're missing. Obviously, on the weekend against the Panthers, injuries and everything, very tough situation. They hung in the contest. The week before that, I mean, there was, there was a couple of plays there that Reese Walsh, he just couldn't ice those moments. There was one when he was going out to Dallin where he just missed the mark. That's another game they could have won there. The Dragons, my God. That was the biggest example of capitulating because you can't ice the moment I think I've ever seen. And Chad Townsend, he obviously bears a lot of responsibility of that one. I mean, miscounting the score. Just just really simple stuff that shouldn't be happening. They were the better team than the Dragons by far and away. And I understand why Warriors fans are frustrating. I, frustrated. I get it. I get it 100%. It's annoying for me to watch and I don't support them. If the Warriors don't, don't win on the weekend, it doesn't keep me up at night. I don't really think about it again. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But I'll tell you what, I do appreciate the effort that they've gone to. I appreciate so much what they did last year. And I think we sort of got used to it and now everyone else is in the bubble and it's sort of just become the norm and we just sort of go, eh, okay, that's the NRL now. But these guys have been doing it for two years now. These guys have played away games for two years. These guys haven't played a game in New Zealand in two years. They had the high of being told you're going back there to play Canterbury in a couple of weeks. Now they're not. That's done as well. I mean, it has been very tough for the New Zealand Warriors. They've lost Phil Gould now as well. I think that'll have an effect on them, no doubt about it. There's been a lot of moving pieces. There's been a lot of things go on. You've obviously had key injuries to a lot of guys in this team over the last few months as well. Chanel Harris-DeVita, he is still out. Um, Some really tough gigs. Now losing Tohu Harris, who is their leader. He's their true leader of this side. He is the glue that holds this team together. It's going to be a big test, but a big opportunity for a lot of young guys coming through. Obviously, over the next few weeks as well, I mean, I think you'll see Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. That'll take a lot out of their tank, no doubt about it. I'm just looking at who they play next week. They play the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So a team that plays fast and they play on the front foot, it's going to be really tough for these big middles to back up from that because that is going to take a lot of a lot of gas out of their tank, no doubt about it. Plenty of petrol coming out of Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. I have no doubt whatsoever that this sort of stuff affects them. I think they'll have a very light week at training this week, and then they'll, they'll have to come into this South Sydney game, and this one is a must-win. I sort of looked at it three weeks ago and sort of thought, you know what, they'll beat the Dragons. I reckon they can beat the Sharks. They can probably afford to drop games against Penrith and South Sydney and still maybe be okay. I think now this is a must-win for them against South Sydney. This is a massive test for the Warriors. They're, they're going to have to come back back from a really, really tough loss where it would have been exhausting for so many of their guys. As I said, AFB, you're talking Matty Lodge, Justin Vega, he would have been absolutely gassed as well. A massive test for them. We're hearing Wade Egan, he could be out for a couple of weeks as well. So it brings Cody Nikarima uh, into play nine. Hopefully Roger's able to play. If he's not, they're going to have to blood someone else at six there, which will be a big test for them once again. You might see Reese Walsh jump in there. Uh, you might see Sean O'Sullivan come back. Come back. Uh, depends how they want to play but it's going to be a big test for them. But I want to point out how much respect I have for this Warriors team at the moment. I've been incredibly impressed with their with their resiliency, and I don't think anyone could really deny it. 